bam, we're live. I want to hear you say it so maybe I get the pronunciation with the proper cultural chutzpah. <laughs> it's uh, Mikkel Bertelsen. Mikkel. Yeah, kind of like a, uh, not nickel, but Mikkel. Mikkel. Nick Mikkel. Mikkel. Like pickle. Pickle, nickel, <laughs> Mikkel. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mikkel. I love a good pickle. Mikkel. Uh, yeah. Welcome to the show. Thanks for doing this, brother. Thank you very much for inviting me. Uh, yeah, it's really exciting. I have a I have a tough name too. My name is Sevon, like the number seven, but Sevon. Yeah, what's that? Uh, where are you from? Uh, are my both my parents are Armenian. Oh, okay, okay, that's where the name is from, Ish. Yeah, and there's a um, lake in Armenia uh, called Lake Sevon. Ah, uh, okay. And that is how I ended up as me. Um, before we start, uh, we have a bunch of live viewers. I want to show them um, this uh, this game that you have invented, created, innovated, uh, put your heart and soul into here. Here we go. Yeah. Here we go. Here we go. Yes. The name of the game is Clask. Yes. <laughs> And uh, Mikkel uh, created this game how many years ago? Uh, eight years ago now. Wow. Um, does it seem like eight years or does it seem like yesterday? It seems like eight years. It does. <laughs> um, and it, it, it's kind of interesting because you're still introducing it to the world, right? Uh, yes, we kind of have introduced it to uh, most of the world. We are now selling it in 42 countries. Wow. Yeah, and we have sold now uh, 800,000 pieces, 800,000 copies. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it, yeah, that's a lot. Um, Mikkel, is it the same distributor um, out of Italy that's always been the same distributor for you? Uh, out of Italy... Oh, I so you have different, so you have different distributors all over. Yeah, we have. Uh, I kind of uh, sold my soul, or what you call it, uh, to a Finnish, uh, you know, the country Finland uh -huh. in, in the Nordics. Um, I I signed up a contract with two brothers eight years ago, and they have the uh, worldwide distribution rights. Oh, okay, fantastic. So my my research was off. Did you start with an Italian company? Uh, no, I have always been with a Finnish one. Uh, that's the only company that I have been with. But they have uh, then uh, started up business with a lot of uh, distributors all over. Italian distributor, um, German distributor, um, American distributor, English distributor. A lot of distributors all over the world. Wow. Um, I want to I want to play one more video for the, so the people at home can can really can uh, really see this. Here we go. This is uh, from uh, the class game Instagram account. And here's a short video on the rules of the game. Check this out, guys. Yeah. Oh, oops. Let me take Second. two. This is class. I'm Kev Just Kev, inaugural world champ. And in the next six <laughs> seconds, I'm going to show you how to play. The fast action, skill dexterity game from the cheerful pubs of Denmark, and with players engaged in an epic magnetic battle to be the first to score six points. Players maneuver their striker from beneath the board. The aim of the game is to shoot the ball into the goal of your opponent and score a point. Well, look out for these little white magnetic guys we call biscuits. Get two of them attached to you, and it's a point for your opponent. 
draw your striker into your own goal or class, and it's a point for your opponent. And don't get too excited and lose control, because if your opponent captures you, they'll score a point. After each point, you reset the board, and whoever lost the point will decide to serve from the corner of their choice. Classic is just that simple, and a lot more fun when you win. You just gotta play it. You got a guy with an American accent. That was the inaugural world champ, huh? Yeah, Mr. Rita. Um, I have, so when I came across you, I bought the four-person set. Okay. Because I have three little boys. Yeah. They absolutely love the game. Okay, so you, uh, but you don't have the two-player game? I don't. Ah, okay, okay, you should grab that as well, because, uh, of course, the four-player game is also uh, very funny, but uh, the two-player game is uh, a lot more, what do you call it, um, uh, uh, what do you call it uh, in English? Uh, I don't know, uh, but it's very much, uh, you get much more excited with the two-player game, I would say. You know what I was thinking about doing? I was thinking about piggybacking off of your invention and getting um, rich by inventing these little round felt pieces that I could put set in the holes of two of the players. So when I'm using the four-player board, I can turn it into a two-player board. Yeah, but uh, Sivan, uh, I don't I ruin don't... my idea from one inventor to another. Don't ruin my idea, <laughs> Mikkel. But the but the, but the thing is that uh, the, the the board is, uh, is is completely level. So if you block the two holes, then the ball and the small white ones can still end up at uh, the two other uh, what do you call it halves. So it's kind of difficult to play like that in the beginning. We made the game and uh, we had some demo models made in China with in 3D printing where we had the, the board leaning down. Okay. And that was actually because then you could block one or two holes and then you could play and the ball would always end in the middle. So you were also already, you would at all time be able to still play the ball. But yeah, so it's going to be difficult. Uh, we have heard, We have had a lot of suggestions like that. So... And it was too expensive to produce uh, with the surface going down. So we ended up saying, okay, it's a four-player. You have to be four people. That's it. Um, it, it's, it's, it really is a, um, a beautiful game. I ordered it, and I was, I was really uh, impressed. It is, you know, it's, it's these just classic magnetic pieces and, that look, you know, like small bowling pins sort of, and then, and then a uh, beautiful board. Are you pretty darn proud of how that thing turned out? Yeah, uh, yes, I am because uh, yeah, and it's also made in, in plywood, uh, birch plywood, which is uh, a nice color and and the shape itself, uh, and it actually ended up being that shape because that was the only way I could get room for the arm and the hand to to be able to move all over the game. I I I couldn't just put four legs on the game, so I had to do like a different kind of uh, design. And I kind of think that it ended up pretty nice, the design. So, yeah, I really like it. What's what's the penalty, uh, Mikkel, if someone moves the moves the board? So, you know, you're playing with some aggressive players. It's a four-player game. And if someone actually moves the board, is that against the rules? You know, like when they get too aggressive and they move the board? Uh, that's, that's, that's against the rules, but uh, there's, we don't have, like, kind of a, a rule for that ish. So when we play world championship, we have the board 
uh, drilled down to a like to a table, so it's impossible to move it. So we will avoid situations like that when we play world championship. Aha. And yes, people, there are world championships, and that guy in the original video was um, the world champion. Um, so, Mikkel, where where were you? Or Mikkel, where were you born? Uh, in Denmark. And uh, b- born and raised, and you've never left. Born and raised, and never left. Only when I'm traveling around to show the game on conventions in U.S. and, uh, and other places in the world. And, and and what were you like as a what were you like as a as a young man? What were what were your interests? I was actually I was um, uh, I started being an auto mechanic, but uh, as soon as I graduated with that, I kind of figured out that I would like to start my own business, and it was difficult to start your own uh, what are called auto mechanic business because then you need a lot of uh, money to start that up. So I started up with uh, like a carpenter instead. And I was like a carpenter for a year for uh, an elderly guy. And then after that year, I kind of started my own carpenter business together with a friend. And I have had that business for 15 years and uh, together with this friend doing all kind of carpenting, roofing, new houses, kitchens, floors. And then I figured this game out, Clask. I had some other inventions that I did before Clask. And my wife said to me, Mikko, isn't it about time that you stop doing these small inventions? Because every time that I, that I get an idea, it takes a lot of time and it costs a lot of money. And so I've done a, a few things that hasn't gone wild and just cost money and stuff. But then one day with hangover in my garden, I was, uh, it was the sun was shining. I was with, with hangover, meaning you had a little too many drinks the night before. Yes, exactly. Okay. okay. Because my head is a little bit the day after. Yeah. So uh, I thought I would like to do something fun for the family. And then I had a, another magnet from another invention and a piece of cardboard and a tooth prop. And I put the magnet in the tooth prop and I could control all, all of a sudden the magnet on the other side. And I, it went over the edge. Clask. Clask is like slap in English. And that's why the name is like that. And then another magnet got stuck to it. And I thought, ah. So then I kind of, uh, and then I went to my garage and fixed the game in, in plywood. And uh, yeah, and then it went from there. And my, actually, I, I gave the game to my neighbor uh, and asked if he could try to play it with his family and and tell me what he think. And then he actually, the, the next day, uh, he said, oh, it, well, it's a fun game, Mikkel. And uh, and then uh, some years after, I actually talked with him and he said uh, that he never played the game. He actually didn't play the game. But either way, I knew at that time that I had something special uh, in my hands. So, yeah, so I went all in and sold my company, sold my half of the company to my friend. And then I signed up for a, a tournament in, or a, what do you call it, a, a some kind of convention in, in Copenhagen the capital of Denmark, and then uh, I won the Juris special prize for new thinking and new design. And then these two Finnish brothers, they uh, they kind of uh, uh, yeah took contact with me, and then uh, we, we started the, the collaboration, and uh, we signed the contract some so, days later. So early on, 
um, in, in the project, um, you brought in a partner, a 50% ownership. Is that what you said? No, uh, in my, when I was a carpenter, I had my, uh, a company with a friend and then, oh, okay. Yeah, and then when I figured out, when I got the idea for Clask, and I could see that it was growing, then I sold my half of the company f- to my friend. And then okay. I went all in with Clask. And, uh, so, and I, the only thing that I'm working together with now is the Finnish company who has the, uh, worldwide distribution rights. They have the rights to produce marketing and sell the game worldwide. Wow. And, and, and you have kids. I have two kids. Yeah. And how old are your kids? Uh, twelve and thirteen. And, and so, when you um, when you go to these conventions, what their their game their game like board conventions? Yeah, there are massive uh, board game conventions in uh, Indianapolis and all over U.S. and in Germany. The biggest one I think is in Germany in uh, Essen, where yeah, like it's a giant uh, convention, full of uh, old games. Uh, very known games and Lego and uh, Cards of Humanity and, and etc. And then also around a thousand new games every year. Wow! Yeah. The the, the um this this invention group of people, these people who like create things and then try to set them out in the world and see if they catch fire. It must be a very interesting group of people. I'm, uh, I'm get quirky, creative, and and also dreamers, right? But I'm guessing it's very few that um, have the success you have. Yeah, I must admit that I think that I was. I, I'm I'm kind of a lucky guy. I it's it's not that many. I I don't know how many percents uh, that every year. Because these thousand games, that new games that comes to Essen every year, I think that maybe under ten percent of them will be at the convention next year. So it's uh, it's 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 difficult to hit the uh, hit the one game, uh, but it is it is it's a fun crowd. Uh, after all these eight years here, I've I've kind of got to know a lot of uh, the game designers. And they are super fun people, and all the the whole industry is super nice and fun, and, uh, and people are so nice, and they also party a lot, and I also like to party uh, a bit. So uh, it's it's kind of a nice industry uh, to walk into, and with creative people, and yeah. Um, once the game takes off, and you and you sell it to these uh, the distribution rights to these Finnish guys, why do you still keep going to the conventions? Is there some sort of promotion there? I w- I'm, th- I'm imagining the conventions are where people go to try to find um, investors or distributors. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's uh, normally the the big distributors that go to these conventions, and all, uh, some of the conventions is also open to public, where people just come with their families and spend the whole weekend there, just play games from morning to night. And uh, but again, yes, there's a lot of business going on as well. Where I, I remember once when we were one of the first conventions in Chicago, actually. Um, um, Shytech is the convention's name, um, and we had a small booth there. And uh, and I asked the Finns, uh, isn't it expensive to be here? Yes, they said, but uh, we need to be out here to be discovered. And then uh, at some point, um, the buyer from Target sat down and played the game. And we didn't even know that it was the buyer from Target. 
And then I can't remember how many days later or if it was the same day, then we got asked from this buyer on an email, I think, that if we would like to be on the shelf uh, in 1,800 uh, Target shop stores. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So that was uh, that's that's what the convention is also about. And it's uh, like for the for the buyers to find new games, because if you are a distributor or uh, as this guy uh, who was the buyer from Target, if he's the man that finds the new Monopoly and put it on the shelf of uh, his stores or sell it to stores or whatever, then uh, then it, it can be a good business. So that's that's what it's all about on these conventions. That that's also what it's about to, yeah, to find to find the game. Um, uh, Mikkel, um, did, did that deal actually go through? Did it end up on the shelves at Target? Yeah, we ended up at Target for I think four years. We were on the shelf at Target, and then they unfortunately switched uh, buyer. So then, when the next buyer of for Target. Uh, got in then uh, yeah she didn't like Clask uh, as much as the other guy since it was like his baby his invention or his his uh, his found or what do you call his it discovery yeah his discovery yeah and uh, and it Clask is also uh, kind of a it's it's a big game it, it's not foldable yet so it, it kind of takes up uh, a lot of uh, shelf space and that's you know, business, uh, you can have one class game there or three class games on this shelf, but you can have 300 uh, games of Uno. Uh, so you can have a lot more yeah, money on the shelf uh, with uh, with a smaller game than Classic. So, uh, yeah, so so we, we end up uh, leaving Target after four years, which was kind of a shame, but uh, then we, we started putting a lot of energy on Amazon. So uh, now the Finns, has, uh, they're doing a, a lot of business now with Amazon, selling directly to the consumers, which is that's very exciting. That's how I got it. Yeah, exactly. And that's also, it's it's a fun platform. It's the biggest platform in the world, of course, but, but you can kind of control it yourself uh, with how much money you would spend on marketing. As soon as you sell the game to Target, or Walmart or whatever, then they are in charge of uh, what the price should be for the product and if there should be a a discount code or whatever and, and, and how the marketing is, is run is also up to them. But when you're selling it yourself through Amazon, then you can kind of be your own be your own boss over the game and, uh, and put as money as you want, as much money as you want after the game in terms of marketing and stuff. So, yeah. Did you, get, did you get mugged or robbed when you were in Chicago? No. Uh, no. no. Oh, no. you need to go back and visit again then. You you didn't get the uh, full experience. <laughs> I've been there a lot, actually, uh, in Chicago for these conventions uh, and other conventions. And, 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 I, and I heard after a few years going there that it was, I don't know if, I don't know, I think it's, it's the most criminal uh, state in U.S., but uh, it's it's one of them, right? Yeah. Well, the thing the thing is this is that the crime usually just takes place in certain areas, and and it, and it really, if you don't go into those areas, you're fine. But yes, it is, um, it is a, it is the exact um, way you run a city if you want to uh, cause chaos. The the way they run that city is to cause the most amount of chaos. It is okay. Um, 
Yeah. And, and they're, they're doing an experiment here starting January 1st. That's going to be completely mind boggling. Put Chicago into your Google alerts and watch the city fall under They're They're basically going to make it so that if you crimes, I know this is going to sound unbelievable to you, but they're going to make it. So even crimes like second degree murder, yeah. um, that they can't hold you for more than 48 hours. I mean, it's, wow. it is, it is complete bonkers what they're about to do. there starting January 1st. Oh, I heard about that. Yeah. That sounds, that sounds a bit crazy. It, it, it is. Uh, it is, uh, um, it is, it is something else. I, I don't mean to get that, uh, that smut on your game. Uh, Clask is an amazing game. Um, we're in this era of uh, electronics and, and, and people, you know, looking down at their phones and, uh, you know, people spending their time, I mean, with pornography and just like just uh, any, anything that's on their phone. I mean, that's what you're competing with, right? And yeah. yet you have this – you've invented this archaic game using this, this element called wood. You're using <laughs> to make it. Is um, what are you, are, are you proud of this? I mean, just like it, it, there's a con- there's a contribution element just to humanity. Yeah, I'm I'm very proud of it, uh, and it's, uh, it's it's a it's a very big pleasure every time we are at a convention to see how kids are sitting down playing with their parents or grandparents or friends or sisters or brothers. It's and and are having fun. It's uh, it's it's. I'm very proud of it. And also sometimes at these conventions, people are walking by and we ask and we ask them, Hey, do you want to play? No, it's not a game for us. And then we sometimes try, we persuade them and then they, uh, they sit down and then after a few minutes, they are actually having so much fun. And that's, that's actually the best when we persuade people to sit down, play the game. And they, and they say, it's not my kind of game. And then they sit down and they have a laugh and then they uh, sometimes also buy the game and walk on. So yeah, I'm proud of the game. Uh, and, and it's, uh, I, I also think that with all this phone and computer and stuff, it's a lot of parents, they like to buy these games, uh, this game because it might get their kids away from the phone just for five minutes or 10 minutes. And, uh, yeah. What's the most popular game of all time, and how many has it sold? Do you know the most popular board game? I don't know, but uh, it must be Monopoly or yeah, Catan. Maybe I don't know. I, I actually I'm not that much of a board game. Uh, I have only played like Monopoly and, and Ludo and Uno and stuff before I invented this game. So it's kind of strange how I ended up in this business because. I'm not a I'm not a board gamer actually. Uh, it's a, um, th- this says chess was the first played around. Uh, chess is let's see top selling board game of all time. W- what's the second, Caleb? What's the what's the list of all time best selling? I mean, is it crazy numbers? Is it like a hundred million? Have like do you think like a hundred million Monopoly sets have been sold? I have no hmm. idea. Um, your your first deal was with um is is it Carlsberg the beer company? Yes, it was actually my wife who, that was before the the contract with the Finns. Uh, then my wife said to me, because I started making the games myself actually in Denmark, which was pretty expensive to produce, but I, I started up and then I sold it on my own little web shop. And then my wife said to me, Mikkel, this is also a bar game. Ah, I said, then I contacted Carlsberg. And at that time, uh, that must be maybe seven and a half year ago, it was 
a little bit easier to get in contact with with Carlsberg. I think today it's I don't know. It's, I think it's pretty difficult to to get to get a meeting with with Carlsberg. But I had a meeting with them, and they loved the game, and they loved it because they are not allowed to do uh, anything with a game that uh, that that puts your mind into uh, gambling or drinking. And they said that this is actually doing both without doing it. So they uh, they loved the game so much that I think they they ordered the 1,250 uh, before I got home. I had a mail from them. Crazy. Um, I don't I don't know if you just saw those numbers. Will you pull those up again, Caleb? It said 50 billion sets of checkers. 50 billion. Wow. Yeah, there's, only, there's only 8 billion people on the planet. And then it's, I think it said a monopoly was 275 million sets. Okay. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, but, but a game I like chess. Is, uh, that's, uh, I think that's open for grab or what you call it. Uh, for example, with Clask, I have the, I have the rights for Clask. Uh, but, uh, but a game like uh, chess, uh, I think uh, that's, that's, that's and, a free and anyone can make it and sell it. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um. So, how do you make the when you get that order? Is a part of you go into a panic? Like, hey, how am I going to make thirteen hundred classic sets? Yeah, it was actually yeah, and and that was uh, fun because uh, I had the whole family help me. Uh, my my father and mother and my uh, mother and father in law and my wife and, and the kids. We were all like helping, and we were sewing these bags. And yeah, clipping the velvet and uh, and all the the plastic things. Uh, I had them uh, like I don't know what you call it, that you put it. It, it was drill, later, a drill, pre- a drill. Yeah, I, I don't know what you call it. Like you phrase it or or it was like made in Denmark. All these uh, pieces, the black ones on the bottom and the black ones on the top. And I was like uh, having this uh, table where I drilled holes and put magnets in. And then a piece of uh, non-magnetic ma- metal on top, and then I put the magnets on, and then I had these small uh, black ones and a hammer, dunk, 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 and that was uh, so. It, it took a lot of time to make all these uh, games for Carlsberg, and actually I was working the, the whole night, and they came the next morning with uh, with a big truck and yeah, and took all these. Uh, I can't remember how, how many pallets. 25 pallets with games. So, any, yeah. in, did you get any injuries from that? O- overwork injuries, you know, like a tendonitis or a back pain? Or yeah, I, mean, I actually had a bad shoulder for uh, for a lot of months after that because I was sanding them. I was hand sanding them with a machine and I was standing like in, in, a, in a bad position and I, there was no way that I could change the position or, or make it more comfortable for me because the time was just uh, against me. So uh, yeah, actually, I had a kind of a sore shoulder for for a month or two after that, but it was worth it. Yeah, thirteen hundred, and you made those all in that little wood shop that we see in your videos. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that is nuts. Yeah, yeah, that was nuts. Uh, it was very nuts, but it was it was a fun start uh, when you when you do business like that when you when the whole family is involved and. We had a cold beer and coffee, and somebody grabbed some pizza, and we were like working the whole night. It was that—that's a—that's a nice start, I think. That's how all entrepreneurs should start. Um, uh, Michael, um, 
these those pieces what's do you have a name for the one on top uh they call it the the striker striker and and, and what's the magnet on the bottom called uh the handle handle and are those repurposed from something else like did you find like when you worked on cars was that something you saw or are those repurposed from somewhere or those are those are invented for this game they were actually invented for this game because uh in the beginning when i actually when i sold it to carlsberg it was only like the magnet and then with a with a plastic thing around the magnet with no antenna but then i when i start selling uh on, on online and stuff and then I I asked this guy or this company uh, something about rules and regulations uh, on uh, that, that there can be no toxic in the plastic and no toxic in the wood and and the magnets are so strong that they are actually dangerous. If you swallow one of these uh, magnets, the big ones, and you swallow another one, I know that uh, it might be impossible. If but if you do, then they can actually get stuck in your. Uh, yeah, what 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 are these called? Uh, like your intestine or your colon or something, and pinch it together. Yeah. Pinch two walls together. Yeah, and then you can actually I've heard yeah, of this. you can end up dying from that. So, and that was actually the reason why I had to. We have this small thing. It's a we call it a choker, a, a check choker, where you can if you if you have a strong magnet that is stronger uh, than some point, than some uh, what do you call it uh, strength level. Yeah. If it's stronger than that, then it cannot it has to not fit in this small tube so i had to i had to figure something out and uh, if i if i just put a handle on top it would be too heavy because then it would be be like dangling around or what you call it so i had to like get it high so it so it wouldn't be able to swallow for a little kid but then also without uh, that much weight so that is why i ended up uh, with this little uh, small antenna so it's actually just because of uh, rules and regulations. It's uh, it's shaped like that. Wow, that's cool. Look, someone already bought one. I just ordered Clask on Amazon. Look, already, already one. Ah, done. cool. <laughs> I'll just take. I just want three percent, uh, Mikkel. Three. Yeah, 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 yeah. No problem, seven. Three, three. Um, you. So you. Um, how how many prototypes before you get to this? Uh, before you, oh look, you don't even have to pay me. She already paid me three percent. Sevon, this is badass, my friend. So cool. How many different kind of guests you are having? You truly are the best interviewer. Well, thank you. <laughs> well, thank you. Um, how many prototypes um, before uh, we got to what I have in my living room today, or, or the two-player one? Uh, the two-player one, uh, I think it, it wasn't that many. Uh, I think it. But but what we tried in the beginning was to get the uh, uh, get it down in, uh, in in measurements, so that uh, that it w- would be easier and cheaper to freight, because uh, when we freight it with uh, or ship it with Amazon, it's very close to I don't know what you call it, but there's different kind of uh, freight levels or shipping levels. Right, like we- if the box was one bigger in its dimensions, it would have co- doubled your cost or something. Yeah, yeah, and it and it actually is. And I didn't thought about anything at that in, in the beginning. But uh, I think the first demo models that I made is kind of the same. Unfortunately, I don't have the first models, and that would have been great if I if I had the very first cardboard model. That would be so nice to have. But unfortunately, I don't. But 
for to answer your question, Savan, it's it's kind of the same. I, I think it didn't took that many uh, prototypes before I, I kind of got the dimensions because it could it could just as well have been five centimeters more wide or ten centimeters longer. But for some reason, I ended up with that. It might be because I just had a piece of wood in the garage that had that measurement. I can't remember. It was the um, day after you remember. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, I when I got it, I was actually surprised how small it was. And I thought, oh, maybe it's not big enough. But once I, but I never, once I started playing, I never had that thought again. I actually, once I put my head down and got across from my kids, I never was like, oh, the dimensions are wrong. I, I, I just was completely consumed by the game. But I was surprised. I, I expected for some reason it to be like giant. Yeah. Yeah, but but I think it fits perfectly. And it's, Perfect. Uh, yeah, and uh, and and especially the the American people, they. Uh, in in I think in the Nordics we are used to uh, having furnitures and and stuff in 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 bright wood, but in in US they 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 really like the design and and I think some people they actually have it out on their coffee table. Uh, I I bought I bought a coffee table. I didn't have a coffee table. I bought a coffee table specifically for the class <laughs> so it could stay out, and it's been out ever since. Oh, so and that sounds amazing. And yeah. after this conversation, I will uh, immediately uh, fix you a, a two-player game from uh, Amazon. ASAP. Okay, the show's over. I got what I want. Thank you for tuning in, everybody. <laughs> we'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, um, how do you um? How did you pick the um Finnish guys? What did they say? This is your baby. And you're going yeah. to let someone else be the um, chaperone yeah. for it in the world, the chaperone. And how do you dis- how how do what do they say to convince you that makes you think that's okay? Uh, they were like, I, I'm I'm 47, and I think they are like maybe seven years younger than me. And at that time, they were they were around 30 years old, so they had a lot of energy and. Uh, there was actually also another company that contacted me from Norway, but they were like more elderly and, and a bit, a little bit boring. And, and I just liked the setup uh, with the fins. And, uh, and you also asked me earlier, uh, why I'm traveling around and stuff, uh, uh, since they now have kind of control over the game, but, uh, it's, it's because in the contract, uh, we put in that Miggle is, I can help if I want, uh, and they will pay my expenses. So when they have a convention, then I fly out there. They pay my flights and hotels and stuff, and then I can help them with the because I'm a I'm a carpenter, so I can help build up build up the stand and uh, take it down afterwards. And can you hear me, Seven? I can. Okay, the sound just went off here in my car. The sound even got better. Oh, okay. But okay, but your I'll face vanished, but the light went away. Now I can't see you. Now you're you look like you're in a witness protection program. Uh, better, I'm better. Sorry about the light. That's okay. Ah, god damn it. Can you hear me, Seven? Yeah. Do you need okay. to get, do you need to open the hood of the car and work on your car? No. <laughs> Almost. I just have to open the door. But seven uh, in in the contract we had uh, this saying that I could help if I wanted to, and uh, they would then pay me for my expenses. 
So and I, and I kind of liked that, and, uh, and and also the the two Finnish brothers, they didn't know that much about wood and and starting up the design of the game and stuff. I think they, this class was their first game that they uh, that they produced themselves. Otherwise, they kind of uh, distribute other people's games. So uh, it was fun to be with them from the beginning. So I kind of also flew out to China with them, and we uh, talked with the factory, and so I, I it was fun. So I be able to work with them because I could be there from the beginning. And uh, you, you said this was their first game. Yeah. Wow. I I'm just so I would be so nervous to let it go. What did your wife say? What did people in your life say? What did your lawyer say? What did people tell you who would give you advice? Were they like, no, no, uh, Mikkel, just uh, keep it all yourself and do the distribution yourself? Was anyone on that side of it? No, actually not. Uh, yeah, yeah, there was one guy who suggested it, but I, I kind of, um, yeah, uh, I, I was uh, too tempted to go with the with the with the Finns, and I, I and I don't regret it uh, today because they are very professional and they and they work a bit differently. They are they are, they are doing some crazy stuff marketing. For example, down in uh, in Germany. Uh, we had um, we made these small fake tattoos uh, where you just put it on your skin and then with a with a wet cloth and uh, so we had this thing going on that it, it was like the biggest convention in uh, in Germany and uh, so there was a, like a lot of people and it was for the whole weekend so we signed up that we uh, we made a sign that people could have a free game of Clask if they tattooed their forehead for 48 hours. So what people would do, they would come to our big booth and then they would uh, get a tattoo in their forehead. And then we took a Polaroid picture, put out their name and what day and what time they got the tattoo and put it on the, on the, on a wall, a wooden wall. And then, uh, and then they could uh, return 48 hours later and then they uh, would get, get a game of classic. And that was super fun because then we heard uh, the next days uh, the people saying, "Hey, I was out last night, and there was this pretty lady in a fancy dress sitting at a restaurant eating fancy dinner with a class tattoo in her forehead." And I, and and that's kind of uh, the guerrilla marketing that I really like these fins for. They are very, they have some crazy ideas, uh, which are yeah, it, it's just fun. Fun to work with them, so uh, yeah, it was easy to to kind of uh, let them handle my little uh, baby. And so, it was their uh, and it was their first board game. It was their first board game that they produced themselves. They had several other games uh, where they just uh, I don't know what you call it. They just distribute them. In this case here, they actually produce them and then distribute them. So I, I guess what I'm uh, where I'm going with that is so that you know that they're all in. Like you want someone whose livelihood is is dependent on the game. Meaning, if they want to buy Christmas presents for their kids and put food on their table, the game has to do well. There's a component of that I'm guessing. So then you know, okay, th they're all in. Yeah, and actually, I think in the beginning, those eight years ago, they had more games. They still had some of the games, but now they have almost nothing left. They only have Clask. I think that they are, their business is like 97% is Clask. So the commitment is, is very big from their side. Uh, I don't know how it would have went if I would have 
gone with a one of the biggest one of the biggest guys if I even could get him in. But but then I would just maybe be on page sixty seven in their catalog. But here there's only one page and that's classic. So I, I think I'm in the right place. Of course you never know where you have been or where you would have been if if you if you choose differently. Um, uh, Jody Lynn tattoo on the forehead. Well, not a real tattoo. It, it, it was just like a sticker, you know, like the kind you, you yeah. put on your forehead and you put water on it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we actually have, uh, we have, I think around 15 people in the world who has a real tattoo. Wow. Yeah. Like with the, the logo class, they have that on, uh, on their legs and uh, arms and stuff. Uh, and, and actually in our, in, in the rule sheet that we have, it's kind of a big rule sheet that kind of explains uh, a bit about me and, and how the game uh, yeah, came to life, uh, what you call it. And uh, and then it also has a page where, you, where it says that if you want a real class tattoo, then you should just contact us and we will pay for it. Wow. So it, actually, yeah, it says that in the rule, in the rule books and, and, and people do that from time to time. And then we either we fly a photographer out there to take some nice pictures and, uh, and videos uh, or they, they do it themselves so we can post it online. On, on our social media so yeah that's uh, that's fun um and, and i i guess at any time some huge game manufacturer out there if they um, could could make an offer to these finnish guys to, to buy the entire thing from them yeah they some years ago there was some there was some talking about a uh one of the largest companies who were interested but at that time, the the Finnish guys were not interested, and because they really like to build it up uh, and, and build it up even bigger, so uh, yeah, and they're very into it. So um, I'm not sure it's for sale at the moment. <laughs> there's a there's a huge um, like fairy tale story to this, right? It's it's a dream come true for someone. I, I'm guessing even even every time you know you're on a podcast or after this podcast, there's going to be. I was talking to one of my friends yesterday that you were coming on the show, and we started brainstorming a board game. It, it's um, there's got to be a, a a a large group of people out there who sort of have this dream that you had have. But but what but you but it wasn't a dream of yours to create a board game, right? This is just something you just were in the moment and ran with. Yeah, it actually just happened by coincidence, I think, or what you call it. Uh, yeah, uh, but I, I think it's also easier, of course, to design a board game. We can all be sitting in our home and and, and take up take out a piece of cardboard and draw a line and uh, have some dice or, or make some cards and stuff. Uh, it, it, it's pretty easy. I think it, it's it's more difficult to make something for the medical industry or for a car. Or something. I think. I think that's why uh, there are so many games every year at these uh, conventions because it's it's pretty easy to start with. Of course, it's then super difficult to hit the one, but it's it's tempting and easy to start up with. To make some with, kind of game. Right. The thing with um, games and and stuff for cars is they have to work. If you if you invent something in the medical industry, you even if it doesn't work, you can still get rich selling it. It doesn't yeah. have to work. That's a joke, Mikkel. That's a joke. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know, I know. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> um, uh, what? Um, so, uh, three thousand push-ups in a month. Who, whose idea was that? You did three thousand push-ups in a month. 
Yeah, that was my idea. It's actually because I was, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I've been to the Danish uh, Survivor game. You were on that reality show. Yeah, it's called Robinson here in Denmark, and I actually just uh, just won it here for like 14 days ago. I I I won the the game actually. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, so, wait, let's uh, let's start at the beginning of that story. So you're just sitting at home, um, uh, drinking 50 milliliters of uh, olive oil, and you look at your cell phone, and, and and someone says, "Do you have an agent?" Yeah, I do have kind of a good friend that helps me with uh, a lot of my my stuff. Yeah. And, and, and how, how did they reach out to you? Tell me that whole story, the survivor story, Robinson's story. Oh, oh yeah, it was actually uh, uh, during the uh, Corona thing. I was uh, we were we were watching some television, uh, my wife and my kids, and uh, it was kind of uh, difficult to find some movies to watch with our kids because they were like uh, at the time. 11 and 12 and it's kind of difficult to find something that we all would like to see a movie that we all all liked and and they were allowed to see so we kind of found out that robinson was fun to see because you could also like sit there and watch it and you could talk at the same time uh, or survivor what is uh, that is called in english and then we saw those uh, uh, survivor game uh, uh, reality shows and then uh, there was this lady who won uh, the last one, and the, she had a, a cap on her head with a uh, with a, a, a name for a sports something on her forehead, on a, on on the cap. And then I said to my family, "Hey, I'm going to sign up for this uh, Survivor thing, and then I will bring my class cap." And then my daughter said to me, uh, "Dad, you're too old." And then I said, "No way." And then I signed up the next day. Uh, I applied for the Survivor thing, and then. They actually called me while I, while I was bicycling around in, in in California. I had this outgoing thing, and I didn't like the weather in Denmark, so I just want to go out. And then they called me, and uh, yeah, and then I went through some casting things, and then I went in the show. Yeah. Oh uh, wow! Look how ripped you got during that show. Yeah, I, I lost uh, thirteen kilos. 13, you lost 26 pounds while you were there? 30 pounds? Yeah, yeah. Holy cow. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and, and what was the deal? Tell me about the premise of the show. A bunch of people go out there, and they're on this island for two weeks. And, and, I haven't seen this show. Uh, we were at the uh, on the island for 44 days. And uh, we didn't have anything to eat uh, the first nine days. And then after nine days, we uh, they kind of starting with uh, getting us some rice, uh, the amount that could uh, the uh, that could be in an espresso cup uh, filled with rice. Yeah, that was what we got after that, and uh, because that's kind of uh, the aim of the game to get people like worn down so they can be more, they can have more like uh, what do you call it conflicts with the with each other. Because yeah, that's what people like to see on uh, on the television, but uh, yeah, and, and and then you you're out there for you you do all kind of uh, you first of all you're split into two teams uh, south and north, and then you compete against each other, and the winning team will either get some 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 vegetables or something, or and the losing team will sometimes have to vote a person out from their team. 
and that's uh, of course uh, it's a horrible game. It's uh, but but when you sign up for it and you know how it is, then it's uh, yeah, it, it was the greatest adventure of my life. Uh, oh, sure. really? It was. It was a remarkable yeah. experience. It was. Uh, it was. Uh, I have still some very good friendships. Uh, of, of course, the final just ended here in the TV version uh, 14 days ago in Denmark, but. Uh, uh, we were out there for these 44 days during the summer. So I have uh, kept it as a secret for, yeah, for three or four months. And, um, and, and, and when you say the winner, you were the last man standing of everyone on both teams. Yeah. I ended up winning the final, uh, these two islands or these two, uh, North and South, we were living at, at, uh, at two islands, one each. And, um, uh, and then at some point when we are around, we start up being 11 people at each team. But at some point when we have voted some of them out, we will end up being 10 people. And then we get, uh, then we get together on a, on a new island. And then we kind of, uh, then we don't vote each other out. Yeah, we do that in the beginning, but then it ends up being, then you will leave if you don't win the, uh, the challenges. We have to like stand on a on a piece of wood in the water, and the last man standing there will, uh, the first one in, in in the water will go out and stuff, and, and yeah, and so on. So uh, yeah, but it was super fun. All these uh, different kind of, it's like one big game where you have to do all these. Yeah, uh, when you see there, it, it was so fun. Who would have thought some guy? who makes board <laughs> games could win this. Hey, what did your kids say? First, they said you couldn't go on the show and then you ended up winning it. How proud of, uh, how they proud were of you were they? Proud. They were super proud. And then they were, uh, we were uh, in Copenhagen to watch the final episode uh, together with the other uh, Robinson people or survivor people. And then Jacob Kilber, the, the hosts and, and all the people behind the crew. And and they my kids were like uh, crying. Uh, they were so proud, and it was so amazing to be there with them and uh, and show them that also uh, an old guy can do the trick. So uh, yeah, uh, uh, Mikkel, did you think you had a chance of winning when you went on that show? Uh, not to begin with, actually, uh, because when I signed up for it, I'm I'm kind of the guy that I hate conflicts. I hate when people they 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 don't get along. So I kind of leave the room if if that happens if, if I can. It's pretty difficult here in the car sometimes when the kids are struggling on the back seat. But uh, but normally I, I'm the kind of guy that I, I I I'm I'm friends with everyone almost. It's I'm, I'm very rarely unfriends with anyone. So all these conflict stuff uh, I I kind of say to myself I'm not going to be part of that. I'm not going to be the guy that walks in the jungle and, and backtalk other people. Uh, but when that said, I went out there and, uh, and the first three, four days, I followed that, my own advice or my own uh, yeah, idea of how to, uh, to do this uh, survivor thing. But then I tried one. Uh, then we had a challenge, uh, like one of these courses where we have to run some water and do a lot of kind, a lot of stuff. And then I kind of found out that I was, I was actually pretty good at this, and and I could also be, I was uh, as good as the young people as well. And I think it was, it was so much fun. The people on my team was fantastic people. 
and all the the games and stuff was amazing and the island was beautiful the water was nice the beach was perfect and i could use my hands to build all kind of stuff so i said to myself okay i'm going to change roads here i will uh, i will i need to go a bit more in uh, in these alliances or what you call it like talking a bit with uh, get some people that i could trust and talk with them because i said to myself i'm not i'm not going to leave this uh, and i and, and and with my first strategy i might have ended up uh, leaving the uh, the survivor show a, a bit earlier than i did because yeah you have to talk with people you have to kind of agree on who you will vote on when you lose a tournament and stuff so yeah so it kind of changed for me after uh, three four five days then i said okay i'm, I'm gonna be here for a long time but i i, I didn't have uh, any idea of if, if i could win or not but uh i don't know yeah but i was how, how are you dealing with the attention like when you go out do people recognize you now yeah, actually, much more than I uh, than I thought. Uh, I'm actually sitting here in my car, on top of a a big mall here in Denmark. Uh, we are in, we are trying to buy the last Christmas present, and we have been here also last week. And there were so many people that I apparently have seen. I think maybe over ten percent of the Danish population seen this see the show. Wow. Yeah, so uh, so a lot of people they stop and say congratulations, Mikkel, and I can hear like I can see people are pointing and, and say, hey, there, that's the guy that won the Robinson, and and, and yeah, uh, so yeah, there's a lot of rec- a lot of recognition here in, in Denmark now at the moment. I don't know how long it will last, but did you wear your class cat? Did you wear it? No, actually, uh, that's another thing that uh, because pretty early in the uh, in the casting process. They told me that you cannot wear because I also told them uh, why I was there. Uh, it was to promote my game, and they said, "Michael, unfortunately, you cannot do that. Uh, not at all." They actually also asked me if I had a classic tattoo, and I didn't, and I don't. But uh, I think if I if I did have a, a real class tattoo, then it might be that I was not uh, that I uh, that I couldn't join it because they are apparently the rules were uh, different uh, last year. What, so, what a crazy life you're living. Yeah, it is kind of, and that's, and that's also, the, uh, I, I feel kind of lucky because the, the Finnish company, they're actually selling uh, so many games that I, that, I, that I don't have to do anything for a living. Uh, I kind of just get a, an amount every year that my family can live from. So, uh, so I can kind of do what I want, and that's also why I'm flying around the... Uh, to help the Finns because that's also what it creates. It creates some time for me to do some more marketing for Klask and and help them. And, and I'm also at the convention. I stay at the convention and then I introduce people for the game and 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 and, uh, and, and tell people the rules of the games for these three or four days that the convention lasts. So, and this Robinson Survivor thing is also it was kind of also for for my game's sake that I did it. Uh, it that it just, that it then ended up being my life in a adventure. That's another thing. But uh, it was in the beginning just to promote Clask. And, um, and get... So you're still tied to the game in, in the sense that re- you still generate revenue from it. The, the more successful Clask gets, the better it is for you still. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, Every time awesome. they sell a game uh, worldwide, I get a, 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 a small amount. 
Yeah, that's fantastic. Wow. Um, yeah. did the I, I like the way you called it this corona thing earlier. We'll call it that. This corona yeah. thing, did that help sales? Did that did that because people were inside? Yeah, in the beginning it did. Uh and, and it did like kind of all during all the period, but uh, at, in the end, we kind of uh, struggle a little bit with the uh, shipment. Uh, the freight cost was, uh, it still is uh, much more expensive, uh, and it was difficult to get uh, games from China to uh, to US. Uh, I, I, I think you probably have heard about it. Yeah, uh, our ports were just full of ships out there. They were just stuck yeah, out yeah, in port. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and they closed the Chinese uh, cities like uh, just by, for with a few incidents of uh, of Corona. So it was uh, the, the demand was there, but it was super difficult for us to get the games there. And, and when we got them there, it was actually super expensive. For, so we actually we ended up flying a team uh, to uh, Fort Wayne, Indiana, to assemble. Uh, how many games did we assemble? I think it was. Uh, 20,000 games we uh, we hand assembled in uh, in Fort Wayne because uh, instead of uh, shipping 10 containers we could ship two containers and uh, then we just had to assemble them there so we we flew in one from England two from Denmark two from Finland and then we assembled 20,000 games in 21 days so uh, wow. 12, 12 hours a day. So uh, yeah. So we're still working and doing everything what, that we can to to get some games out in the families and to people to have fun with. Uh, Tanya Bowers, in my humble opinion, luck is overrated. Mikkel is evidence of hard work and a good heart. Bravo. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What What a remarkable journey. So, so to tell me. So, tell. Let's go. But going back to this push up thing, whose idea was it to do three thousand push ups? Yeah, yeah, Cobra. That's where you're from. My uh, this listener uh, is uh, in Fort Wayne, Indiana, Cobra Roads. Yep, absolutely. Okay. Um, yeah. Whose idea was it to do this three thousand? Who are you doing that with? And 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 by the way, thank you for sharing this on the internet. This is as important as your game. We're in a world of, with uh, people in decrepitude, and we need people, yeah. um, you know, showing that they're exercising. Yeah, yeah exactly. But it was actually uh, my son who saw this on Instagram or something, uh, or a friend. Then he showed me this schedule where you do these uh, 3,000 push-ups in 30 days. You start with 40, then 50 the next day, then 60, 70, and then a break day. And then you go back to 60, and then da, da 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 And then you actually end up in the end. I think the last day was like 200. Yeah, exactly that, uh, that schedule there. And you end up doing 250 push-up the last day. And I, I was actually kind of injured uh, like five days before the target. Uh, I had so much chest pain and shoulder pain, but I, I, I couldn't stop because I was kind of the guy that started the game. So... Uh, so I just have to, and I still have a small uh, thing in my chest after those push-ups, even though that it's um, three months ago. But the idea for it was just to create some some fun, and then I then I gave a game. I made a small drawing for uh, uh, for a class game, and then uh, I, I gave a game away to these twelve people. I think that was taking the, uh, the up taking up the challenge. Yeah. Oh wow! Wow. So it was, yeah. so it was it was it wasn't just you and your son a bunch of other people did it and they got rewarded with a class game. 
Yeah, yeah, and it was so fun to uh, to follow that journey with all, with all the other ones. And uh, I think what what actually took the most of my time was doing all this video stuff and uh, and and posting it and remember to hashtag and stuff. So yeah, I'm not I'm not the best at uh, this computer. I don't even have a computer actually. I only have my phone. No computer. No, but I, I do have a very good friend of mine who helps me with uh, all my invoices and uh, yeah, yeah. And my wife, she's also helping me a bit. <laughs> no wonder, no wonder you uh, did so well at Survivor. You're you're still in the Stone Ages a bit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, I, and it was actually very nice for me because I, I didn't have that much. Uh, like the thing being out of food was not the biggest problem for me. And yeah, so it is. And I and, and I like to uh, do something with my hands. So I was when the other guys. Uh, when they had when they lost the game, the other team, uh, then they have to vote one of one of their friends out. And uh, when they when that day was, then we had a day off, and uh, and the rest of my team was kind of bored that day. They they thought, oh, this day is gonna last forever. And I kind of liked that day because then we had some time to uh, to build something. And I we were like hand carving a, a chess game and a backgammon game. So we could like uh, play chess and, and backgammon on the island, and uh, so yeah, it was it was just uh, down my road. This uh, survivor thing, uh, I really liked it. And, and and the and the oil, the olive oil. You, you did a <laughs> was that a thirty day challenge also? The olive oil? No, it was actually just because uh, I have a sore back. I have uh, it's, it's I have some kind of disease in my back called a uh, modic change it's kind of a uh, when you look at it uh, when you scan your back with a uh, scanner then you can see my fourth and fifth uh, i don't know what it's called vertebrae yeah. discs yep yeah discs they are they're all white uh, because they are kind of infected from myself and it will never go away uh, maybe it will go partly away but never totally and I, then I, I was at the gym after this uh, Robinson thing, and then I overheard a conversation between two guys. Some guy apparently tried to do uh, 250 kilos in a, a bench press or what it's called, and then he got a, a back injury or he hurt his back. And then the other guy said, "Then hey, and uh, what did he do then? Then he he started drinking olive oil, 50 milliliters a day, uh, and then it actually uh, got away. Uh, but it had to be." Uh, uh, what do you call it? A Greek olive oil, virgin Greek olive oil. For some reason, I, I don't know if it's true, but and then I thought to myself, okay, if 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 that can uh, maybe re- take away my my back pain, then I will try it. And so that was actually just the the reason why. But it was it was not that nice to drink, and it and it didn't help my back that much. So I kind of quit it again. So, but. So no reason for that, just to just to try some stuff. <laughs> uh, Brand, I, I love experimenting on the body. It, it, everyone should experiment, safely experiment. Uh, Brandon Waddell says, "I shit my pants drinking straight olive oil." Did you ever <laughs> have any uh, in the beginning? Did you have any mishaps? Uh, no, no, no. actually, uh, maybe it was sliding a little bit easier than normal, but uh, but no, 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 no. Uh, what do you call it? Uh, accidents. In, in in America, we call it sharding. Or do you have that term in Denmark, sharting? No. It's a um. It's when you think you're gonna fart, but accidentally a little poop comes out. Sharting. <laughs> okay, now, you know. sh- now you know some American vernacular. Okay. Okay. Uh, no sharding for me this no time. Sharting. Really. Yes. Yes. It's a. Uh, 
Um, uh, you were I on your you were in Santa Cruz, California. That's where I live. That's where I am now. I'm in Santa Cruz. Oh, nice. Crazy. I saw you riding your beach in, on the beach and uh, your bike on the beach in Santa Cruz. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, well, how did that end up happening? What brought you out here? It was actually also because I just uh, the weather in Denmark is like not the nicest thing in during the winter and uh, and the first spring. So I just decided to make a small promotion tour for Clask. So I actually just took a flight to uh, San Francisco. I asked my wife if it was if 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 it was okay, and then she said yes. So I booked a flight from Copenhagen to San Francisco, and then a return flight from Los Angeles to Copenhagen. Twenty twenty two days twenty two days after, and then I went to San Francisco. And then I bought a electric bike. And I had my game with me and some, yeah, some clothes, not that much. And then I bought the bike, put my game on top of the, in, in front of the bike. And then I just started biking down uh, Route 1. By yourself? Yeah. And then I just, uh, when I started in the morning after breakfast, uh, then I called my friend uh, on the phone and then he... I kind of said, today I think I'm going to ride maybe 70 kilometers or something. And then he checked uh, where there was a small town or a hotel or, or what it could be, a cabin or what else. And then he booked a room for me and then I just bicycled to that place. And then I slept there and went out for dinner and had my games with me all over, all of the time. And then I made a lot of new friends and yeah. It was a bit, little bit hard at the beginning because I, I didn't know the bike that well, and uh, the battery said that it could last for 90 kilometers. But uh, apparently, uh, when you go up and down the San Francisco hills and and the hills that was just all the way along the coast, then it it's, it cannot go 90 kilometers. So uh, the first week or so, I kind of drove a lot without uh, electricity. Wow. That's tough. That's tough. And, and it's like pretty heavy bike. And, uh, and I also had my luggage and I'm like 90 kilos. So it was pretty hard to, uh, to do that uh, first uh, week. But again, <clears throat> it was fun. It was super fun. And it's, it's like when you travel alone, you, you meet a lot of people and uh, instead of being like more than one, then I think it's uh yeah, and that's actually uh, the thing is that the bike that I bought in San Francisco is a, it's a, it's a Dutch bike uh, called Van Moff. I've I've been looking at the bike for some years now, and I and I but I'm not that used to the internet, so I didn't have the is courage. Is that the bike right there? Yes, that's the bike that I drove. And then I uh, then I bought this Van Moff in San Francisco, and I saw that they also had like a brand store down in Los Angeles. So halfway down, I called this store and said, "Hey, I'm Michael from Denmark. I just bought a Van Moff bike in uh, in San Francisco, and I'm landing at uh, well, I'm arriving in Los Angeles in uh, in a week or so, ten days. Is it possible for me to maybe?" Sell the game, uh, sell the bike to you used, or can you maybe help shipping it back to Denmark to me? Oh, okay. Uh, I don't know, she said, but uh, come in and have a look, and we will check it out. And then I uh, went to the store, 
and uh, and she said, unfortunately, Mikkel, we cannot we cannot buy it back uh, because that's our politic. Uh, even though that we would love to do it, they were very nice at the store. And then uh, she no, said, no, 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 Mikkel, that's not correct. You are very nice. Yeah, 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 yeah. But Everyone, she was also you are very nice, but go on. I'll give them a little credit. They should have bought the bike. You just rode it. You're the class guy. You just rode it from San Francisco to um, San Diego they sh- or Los Angeles. They should have turned it into a promotion, but sorry. Go on. Yeah, yeah, but, but, then, but here the beauty comes because okay. Then, okay. Uh, then they said, but and they cannot even ship it for me because of insurance policy and stuff. But they could give me a box uh, that the box that they came in, uh, they had a lot of boxes when they every, every time they sell a bike. Uh-huh. They, of course, have a free box. So I was like uh, taking a picture of the box, how the measurement was and the weight. And then my idea was to go to the nearest FedEx shop and ask uh, for them to ship it back. And then I went outside the store and I was checking my uh, my phone for the nearest FedEx. And then a guy comes to me and then he said, uh, I just overheard your conversation in the store. Have you driven this bike? from San Francisco with your game in front of it all the way here to Los, Ange- uh, Los Angeles. Yes, I said. Do you like the bike? He said, yes, yes. And I started explaining him about the bikes and the gear, electric gears and this alarm and stuff. It's a super nice bike. And then uh, then he said to me, uh, I, I'm glad you like the bike because I'm uh, Taco Calier. Oh, the- Taco. Yeah, yeah. He's the designer of the bike. Taco. Yeah, yeah. So, and, and then he said, and Mikkel, we will, of course, and, and my idea was to go down to... Um, there to he is, right? Is that Taco on the left right there? Uh, actually, I can't see that gray here without glasses. Okay, uh, that's yeah. fine. I'll tell you, that is Taco. That's is Taco it? and his brother. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, these are the two brothers that designed the bike. Uh, actually, around the same time when I designed Clask, which is uh, kind of a nice story. But he said, Mikkel, go down to San Diego as planned and then take the train back to us, deliver the bike and uh, the battery and stuff, uh, and then uh, I'll refund the money and then you can just buy another one in Denmark. So I, yeah, yeah. So I drove down to uh, San Diego and took the nice uh, coast train back again to Los Angeles and I delivered the bike and got all my money back even though it's a used one. So that was very uh, friendly of him. Yeah. And then, yeah. And then I bought actually two bikes in Denmark. Uh, they have two models. I bought both of them and have them delivered in Denmark. And I enjoying them very much home in Denmark. So, uh, so that was so funny. And, 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 and can you imagine, I just, I was actually on the beach in Los Angeles and going a little bit inland to find this uh, Van Muff brand store. Yeah, and I was thinking to, my, thinking to myself, should I have a uh, lunch before I go to the store or after? And then I ended up okay. I'm, I'm going. I'm going to go to the store first, and then I'm going to have some lunch afterwards. So if I had had lunch before, I wouldn't have met Taco. So it's it's so much fun, and uh, I actually think that I will reach out for this to this uh, dear Taco. Kalia, and and ask him to do some maybe some co-branding, or if we could do something fun. With yeah. uh, me riding across America with the game in the front or something fun. I bet you Denmark is like one of the bike uh, riding capitals of the world. Denmark bike uh, per population. Yeah, what yeah, it is? I think, yeah, I think it is. Uh, it is uh, I think it's at least uh, top 10. Uh, I think actually Holland is, 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 is larger. 
Uh, 81% of the adults own a bicycle. 74% of the people age 15 and over use their bicycle at least once per year. 51% cycle at least once per week. You know, 51% of the people in the United States can't even ride a bike. <laughs> I could imagine. <laughs> 21% of the people in Denmark ride their bike every day. Oh, yeah, that's a lot. Yeah, it, it's... Uh, amazing you probably see some crazy stuff too like some old people like 90 year old people riding around on bikes there yeah 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 my my, my dad he's not 90 but he's uh, 74 and my mom is yeah, no, no, but they're riding bikes uh, every day um so would you recommend that bike you like that bike yeah, I really do like the bike, and they actually just got a new one. Uh, I can't remember. Uh, two point, the- sorry, sorry, two point three percent ride a bike uh, once a day in the United States. Oh, twenty one percent in Denmark. I don't even think that's right, dude. Two point three percent. That's no, that's too high. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't see many bikes on my uh, on my on my Route One tour down uh, California's uh, coast. Listen, you're such a weird guy. You first of all, you live in Denmark. You guys are all a little bit uh, strange. Then you you fly to San Francisco, buy a bike there, and ride it to San Diego. I mean, what a cool life! What a cool brain you have. Yeah, it's kind of a strange brain, uh, but it sometimes uh, get me strange and nice places and uh, and meet amazing people uh, around the world. Uh, yeah. I really do enjoy it in my life uh, to be able to do what I do. Um, um, what what was the planning in that ride to San Diego? Did you have like loads of maps and you were panicked and you had tons of phone chargers and and you had extra bike batteries and or is it just so casual you just get off the plane and you're like, hmm? I mean, did you know what kind of bike you were going to buy when you got off the plane? <laughs> Yeah, I, I called uh, the bike store from Denmark, uh, but they said they they didn't they, they couldn't promise me a bike. But uh, so I just had to take the chance. And actually, uh, my my first idea was to get a um, kind of a cargo bike, a big cargo bike. But I'm so glad that I didn't do that. If they had the cargo bike with batteries, then I would have bought it. But they didn't have it with batteries, and I thought I'm not gonna do. Uh oh. And that is it. They've turned the power off in the great country of Denmark. Or, or maybe maybe a friend called them. To, uh, ah, we're back. Take it up to the hotel rooms and uh, or, or like store it when you, uh, what do you call it? Yeah, right. When you're in these hotels. So, yeah. So, uh, but I, I was lucky that they still had a Van Muff uh, in light blue for me to write my, my ride, <laughs> my life. And uh, and did you buy any extra batteries, or it's just one bat? Anytime it ran out, you just plugged it in. Uh, you cannot buy extra batteries actually because the battery is in the frame. But I bought a uh, what do you call it? A battery pack that can that you can fit down uh, between your legs into the yeah in the middle of the frame. You can you can apply that uh, power bank. It's a power bank, and and I did charge that as well. Uh, yeah, every day, and I also had some extra batteries for the phone, but uh, I, it wasn't for any use because there was plenty of batteries. Yeah, that's the power bank for the Van Mafia. Wow, what what yeah. a, what a cool what a cool thing to do! 
and it's an amazing bike. It's it's like when you when you when you get close to the bike with your phone, it opens up yourself. Because I'm kind of the guy that hate keys. We uh, we don't even lock our door in our house. We live on the countryside, uh, so I really like the fact that you can just go to the bike with your phone in your pocket, then it just opens up. And uh, yeah, and it has this alarm thing. So when you leave the bike, you just push with your foot on the wheel on 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 the crank, and then it it locks itself. And if people try to uh, run away with it, it kind of uh, makes an alarm and also gives me a text message: "Hey, your bike is uh, getting stolen," and then I can run after. But did any did anyone ever try to steal it on that trip? No, nothing at all. Nothing at all. I, I did did not have any uh, incidents at all. Actually, uh, when you talked about Chicago before, uh, Sevan, um, it reminds me of a story. Uh, I was in New York once, and then I was uh, out in the town uh, the night before. My friend came from Denmark. Uh, I was out with the Finns, and we had a few too many beers. And then I kind of uh, lost my phone in a taxi. So uh, when I woke up the next morning, I didn't have a phone. But then my friend, he knocked on the door at the hotel room and said, Hey, Miguel, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing great, but I, I kind of can't find my phone. And then he uh, made this trick with this find my iPhone stuff. And then he saw that my phone was in, uh, I think it was in Bronx, like a kind of a rough neighborhood in, in yes. New York, at least. Yes, we've and had some we, guests from the Bronx. Yes, very rough. <laughs> yeah. And then we asked uh, in the reception, uh, hey, my phone, we could see it on the map where it was. It was in uh, some kind of butcher store, uh, halal butcher store. And then uh, we asked oh, him a, a Jewish butcher store? No, halal? Really? Uh, they were halal butching, uh, like, uh, I don't know if it was Muslim or Jewish, so I don't know. But it was like, okay. uh, yeah, a, a butcher store. And then uh, we asked in the, in the reception, should we go there and pick it up? Oh, no, 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 she said. Uh, buy a new phone. That's uh, that's that's the best way. <laughs> and then, then my friend from Denmark, he said, Mikkel, we are from Denmark. We are nice guys. Nobody is going to do anything with us. Let's take a taxi. And then we took a taxi and went to this place. And uh, and first we went to the butcher store and they, they, they knew nothing about uh, my phone. And then... All of a sudden, we then we tried to to call uh, the number. Uh, apparently, you can call your phone with this "Find My iPhone" thing. And then this guy took it, and then he explained my friend where it was. And then we went to this guy, and then when he opened the door, there was like this fuck come out of the store, like with the it was so smelly of weed. Oh, and not was, fuck came out of the store. Fog. It's fog, yeah, not fuck. Yeah, yeah, no fucks yeah, came yeah. out of the store. Okay, okay, <laughs> so, just checking. Okay, just yeah, fog. So, okay. So this guy, apparently the taxi driver, he opened the door and then he was like, super stoned. And he said, yes, what can I, oh, you're the guy with the phone. He said, yeah, that's me. And then he, for some reason, I didn't uh, have my, my, I had my zipper down for some, I forgot to uh, close my my pants. Uh Uh-huh, likely story. Yeah. And then he he just said, hey, your zipper is up, sir. Oh, sorry. Oh, okay. Yeah, but well, I don't know. It, it has nothing to do with the story, but it's just. <laughs> and then, then we tried to give him. I tried to give him some money as, as, as a thank you. Then he said, "No, no, no, no. Don't give me anything. I here's your phone. I charged it. Uh, have a wonderful day." He said. So that's that's kind of a, just a fun story when you take chances here in life and and and, and try to f- find the 
the better in people or what you call it. Like uh, he was a wonderful guy, and uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know where, where I was going with this story. You know, but... most people would panic if they lost their phone in a taxi. Yeah. Completely yeah. panic. Yeah, I didn't even notice until the next morning when uh, my friend came and he couldn't. He said, well, I, I tried to call you. Where your phone? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> uh, are there any other um, ideas or inventions that you're working on now? And and you say in an interview, don't be worried about people stealing your inventions. And I really loved that you said that because I think so many people are crippled by their fear of sharing um, their ideas. Yeah, uh, and I was in the beginning as well. But uh, I think it's these days, It's just, of course, you have to be careful, but uh, you don't have to be afraid. Uh, I think uh, you need to, uh, to test your product with a lot of people before you go – uh, waste a big company's time and stuff so um, but I do have some other ideas and also I actually created a game together with three other friends uh, for Exploding Kittens I don't know if you know that game company it's a big US company it's a it's a card game called uh, Exploding Kittens I don't know it what are you and uh, you're working on another card game of with them no it's a, it's actually a game called uh, a game of cat and mouth it's on Amazon it's called a a game of cat and mouth. Okay, uh, cat and mouse, cat and mouse. I like the way you say cat and mouse, but it's cat and mouse. No, it is actually cat and mouth, like the. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Oh. All so right. You, I stand corrected. If, yeah, yeah. If you, if you search for a a game of cat and mouth, then you'll uh, that's kind that's also uh, uh, me and three other guys from Denmark. Uh, we designed that game. Yeah, there it is. Um, I, how did you come? That's beautiful box. How did you come up with the name of this game? Uh, that was, why uh, didn't you call it? Um, you know, you could have used another name for cat is pussy. You could have called it a game of pussy and mouth. <laughs> yeah. And the but, marketing uh, that, would have been so easy. Yeah. But, uh, it was, uh, the, the big company called, uh, exploding kittens. They kind of just, uh, uh, bought or what do you call it? Contracted the, uh, the game idea, and then they, uh, they they did all the design and the name and stuff there, and so kind of the same deal as I have with the Finns, but uh, with the Finns, I just uh, do a lot of, uh, I help them a lot uh, and, uh, traveling around and doing uh, a booth and stuff uh, at, at conventions, but these uh, Exploding Kittens, they, they do it themselves. They are so well established, uh, so yeah, they have everything under control. It's a fun game. God, look at you! Crazy. Yeah. Um, so my, is is, is yeah. class is um is 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 class going to get huge in the United States? I think so. I hope so. Uh, I think we. Yeah. I don't know. That's uh, at least the biggest market for us. Uh, that's in U.S. We. I think we half half the game we sell worldwide is in in U.S. We have sold uh, maybe this year hundred and twenty thousand pieces of class wow. games yeah and i think that at least fifty thousand of those are sold in u.s so uh, i hope that it's going to be popular but I, I i don't mind and also the fins they also kind of like that the, that the that the uh, sales curve is kind of like not like super steep or what do you call it, like uh, that that it, it goes easily uh, or, or slowly and steadily steady yes yeah, steady yeah instead of just having this uh Big peak and then it goes down. Uh, we would rather have it like uh, going 
steadily, steady. Uh, three or four of us already bought Clask from this show. It's already blowing up. All right. Yeah, that's yeah. that's an important thing. What they say goes up really fast, comes down really fast. Yeah, and that's kind of the Finnish uh, guys' uh, theory that uh, they would like it. Of course, in the beginning, I thought, ah, can we push it a bit more? But they take it easy, Mikkel. We need to get some uh, products out there and uh, then have some have a, a nice audience who plays the game and let's hear what they say and stuff. And so, yeah. And we have a, there are small communities all over the world, especially in Italy, uh, that uh, that uh, creates their own uh, tournaments once a week or once a month. Uh, and it's really nice to to follow all these things. And we also had the World Championship in Classic in Helsinki, and that was an amazing weekend. Amazing. Uh, World Championships were in Helsinki. Uh, Twenty people from eighteen different company uh, companies, countries, all national champions. They came yeah. to play the world championship. And did an American win that? Uh, I can't remember who won the last. Uh, I think it was uh, a, a German guy. I should be able to remember this. Or a Polish guy. I'm sorry, but I can't even remember that. It's, uh, it is a few years since we, we did the last one. And then Corona came and and made fun with us all. Yeah, so, that was fun. That Corona thing was fun. I really liked that. Yeah, yeah, actually, I did like it. I also liked it as well because uh, my wife and I are so fortunate that we can, not fortunate, but what do you call it? We are so lucky that we could stay at home. Fortunate, so hardworking, yeah. committed. Yeah, so we cool, were home. nice. Yeah, so not we lucky. were the kids during the Corona stuff and uh, and we're teaching them school stuff ourselves and stuff. So uh, we had a very nice time during the Corona. M- Mikkel, let me ask you. I-, I know I've had you ninety minutes now. Let me ask you one, one, one question. Yeah. Are, are you a religious, man? Uh, no. No. Actually, I'm. A, I'm. A, what do you call it? Atheist. Atheist. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, um. What What about? Uh, do you have any um uh uh, uh philosophies of life? Um, like uh, you know, like do, do you like this? Like a, a maybe a Buddhist mindset or a Taoist mindset or or do you have any um. Do you, do you believe? Do you read any of these self-help books? Do you believe in the power of the mind? Do you believe that no, any of this? No, not that much. Oh. Actually, I, I kind of just believe in, uh, in having fun and, uh, and, and and treating people uh, decently and treating people the same way that you would like to be treated yourself. Ah, yes. That's kind of my philosophy, and uh, and just have fun and be around people who are having fun, and uh, yeah. That's kind of my life philosophy. And then just uh, my, my father, he once said that, hey, Mikkel, every day is a party day except Friday. That's like New Year's Eve. I kind of live from that uh, maybe a bit too much from time to time, my wife thinks. But uh, but it's still it's still fun. Uh, you um you seem like a very uh even even with that uh attitude, you seem like a very disciplined, committed man who doesn't act from a place of fear and uh and and, and, and pursues uh pursues their dreams, pursues their ideas. Yeah. I try to. Uh yeah, I try to uh, follow my follow my, my dreams and uh and don't be afraid of following them and no matter what the outcome will be. And it, of course, it's also, I don't know if it's, uh, I'm not the kind of guy that does uh, like dangerous stuff uh, or maybe it's what, are you, what are you talking about? Flying into San Francisco is dangerous. Riding your bike to San Diego is, that's, that's a thousand. I mean, that's, did you crash at all on your bike going down? 
Uh, yeah, I went down uh, two times. Uh, not not very rough, but uh, just easy down. Mm. Yeah. You were a helmet. You had a helmet. Yes, I had that helmet on every hour of the day. All the Danes wear helmets, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you guys don't screw around. No, uh, no, no, no. If you're ever out this way again, I'd love to meet you. I'd love to uh, take you out for a drink. I'd love to have you over to the house. You, what what a cool, inspirational human being you are, Nickel. Thank you very much, Stephen. And likewise, yeah. and, and I'm, I'm and you said you were on the, at the same beach. You're living close to the beach that I right, was. right by the beach. I'm living the dream, buddy. Yeah, I I uh, have a I have a blessed life. Not lucky though. My shit's not lucky. I work my ass off. But I do believe, but I do believe that um you should treat people the way you want to be treated, uh, regardless uh, of what yeah. they do to you. I really I, I I love that value. Yeah. Yeah. It's a value that uh, a lot of us should have. And I, but I and also think that a lot of us have that value. But right. but seven, I, I'm, I'm I'm super sure that I'll be out there very soon. I think that uh, before spring, you will be sharing yes. a beer with, you with me. Yes. For sure. Text me anytime. Don't hesitate. I don't sleep by my phone. You can text me 24 hours a day. <laughs> I will send you my phone number in um, our email thread. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. And also, Seven, uh, your address uh, so I can ship you a game. You're the best, brother. Uh, likewise. I'm. It has been fantastic to join your show here. It has been – I really like this. Cool. Thank you. Fun. Thank you. I think I, I think I'm the greatest at what I do. I think like I'm as good of a podcaster as classic as a game. So so I appreciate you validating my my self beliefs. Perfect. All Thank right, brother. Yeah, I look forward to hanging out and just giving you a big hug. Yes, likewise. Uh, yeah. So um, yeah, within the next uh, four months, we'll be seeing each other. I'm almost hundred percent sure about that. Awesome. All right. Thank you. Tell your family. Thank you for letting us take you away from the Christmas shopping. Thank you very much, and thank you for taking me away for the Christmas shopping. <laughs> <laughs> All right, brother. Bye, Seven. Bye. Bye. Dang. We're made different. People are made different. That was really cool. Just just flies out to San Francisco, buys a bike at the shop, and rides it to San Diego. Meets the owners and inventors of the bike. They buy it back from them. Give him another one for free. Uh, thank, thank you. Did they? They gave him a free one when he got to uh, Denmark. Was that the story? He didn't have to buy it. Yeah, they Shit. just shipped him out one. Shows how good I listen. Uh, Cobra Road. Sevon has the great greatest guest. Thank you. I had no idea how that was going to go. That was wow. awesome. Yeah. That guest cost me ninety bucks. I ran across him. I'm like, I guess I got to buy the game. It's actually a really cool. <laughs> game. Like a and that game. is true. I, I did buy a coffee table so I could keep the game set up. I don't think my yeah, she hasn't. My wife might not be too happy about it, but she doesn't complain. And the kids play a lot. We all play. Might go play a little right now. Um, uh, Mark Moss, I can't wait for someone to tell me. Text me anytime when I finally make it. Mark, my favorite is is um, there's this dude who has an, I've talked about him a lot. He has an OnlyFans account, this really buff, handsome guy that I've befriended through Instagram and the show. And I told him he could text me anytime. And sometimes he texts, and he's gotten, he texts me shit from his OnlyFans account, not pictures or video, but just stuff that people say, say to him. Like, I don't know. I don't know if I should have read that. <laughs> I don't know if I needed you, to know you that. You tainted now? <laughs> yeah, I'm tainted. Yes. <laughs> Jeffrey Birchfield, kind of Forrest Gump, dude. 
No shit. That's a good point. Yeah. I was running. Nuts. So different than tomorrow's guest. Dude, what is it? Did, did I heard Alex Stein uh, bombed. Um, is Alex Stein against gay marriage? I have no idea. It's possible. Yeah, I, I guess he 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 kind of went after uh, Charlie Kirk a little bit because Charlie Kirk is uh, okay with gay marriage. How I don't understand how you could be not okay or okay with gay marriage. Like it's it's like God, people are gonna hate what I'm about to say. Having an opinion on who can get married and who shouldn't is like having an opinion on whether um, Bigfoot is real or not. Like like it's it's just made up. Just just made it's just made up stuff. You cannot believe in Bigfoot, Caleb. Only Armenians can believe in Bigfoot. Ah, okay. All right, well. Imagine telling people what they can or can't believe in. That is weird. Imagine telling people that they can or cannot do. (laughs) With just another person, some imaginary thing. Yeah, that's true. I'm thinking of a number between 1 and 50. No, you can't play that game with Caleb. How come? Well, you can only play that with women. Oh. Oh. Get the Why? fuck out of here. I can't. I would love. I'm getting so curious if that's his stance. I know he's. I want to hear it explained to me. I'm open to it. I'm open to it. I'm open to flat earth. I'm open well, to women not being able to vote. I'm open to all those, those things that people, um, ideas people have shared with me on the show. We had that same conversation with, uh, whoever that he was like either like the army ranger guy or the seal guy a long time ago. Mm-hmm. And he was like, it's just because the Bible says so. And the Bible says no gay marriage. So no gay marriage is what, what should be the deal. I'll tear and that like, page out. Of, I'm going to rewrite that page I'm of his like, book. Hey, if the Bible said only gay marriage was okay, would you put a dick in your mouth? That's what I want to know. A lot of people would think differently. <laughs> that's for sure. I can't wait till the hidden chapters of the Bible come out and you're forced to sleep with men. The hidden chapters? It's all there. No, it's at the end. There's there's a there's a there's a book that hasn't that that got lost. Oh, right. Uh, What if you don't believe that Armenians are real? We're not. Just another. We're not. Conspiracy theory. Yeah. Did you see that show? That show was with. um, What show? It was one of the first guys ever to hit a million viewers on YouTube. Uh, beautiful black guy. Uh, uh, he's a, he was a, like a fitness guy. What's that guy's name? Oh, didn't we have him on? We had him on. He was great. And hey, I'm telling you, his his explanation of why women shouldn't vote was fucking uh, phenomenal. It was pretty impressive. I was surprised it was at how fucking well he was phenomenal. Able to articulate that. Yeah, I want someone to come on a flat earther to come on and make me fuck like fuck me up. Like be like, me he like did. Start, uh, he kind of backed off. You think that guy fucked me up? The, the flat earther guy? Mm, I feel like he backed no, off a little okay. bit. I don't think yeah. he fucked you up, but I definitely he was, was good. Like more curious about it than yeah. I had been initially. Yeah, he was good and it was cool. Like, and, and he was gentle. He didn't like force it down our throat. He was like, he wasn't yeah. even sure if it was real, right? He was still. Yeah. I can't wait to get, I'm honestly, I'm waiting for the day that I get on a plane again. And then I can fucking do that level thing that he said. He's like, take a piece of paper or whatever and put it up to window and see the horizon is actually straight and it's not curved. I just want to try it just to see if he's like fucking with me. Use something more rigid than a piece of paper. You, well, use, yeah, your, yeah. use your It'll penis. Like a fucking hard <laughs> it's a little bit. Hey, dude, you don't yeah. fly on planes with windows. 
That's a very good point. Yeah, I don't think the plane I'm going to fly on is going to have windows. That's crazy. I don't know how do that. <laughs> Those giant planes don't have windows. Yeah, they're just like, get in the tube. We're going to take you where you need to go. Oh, shit. Sorry. Someone's saying it's called... Um, oh, they're not called flat earthers. They're non-globers. Yeah, right, right, right. Non-globers. Sorry. I haven't heard that term. Have you? I, I think he said... I think that guy said it. Oh. But he wasn't like... We're non-globers. He think he said, "I'm not a flat earther. I'm just a non-glober, man." And then that's kind of how that went. He was gentle. He didn't force it down our throat with his hand on our head with a handful of hair. Is, yeah. is this is is that person? Is that a boy or a girl? That's a female. That is a female. Yeah, she's the one from Kentucky. You're a good dude, odd. Uh, dude, all you have to do is watch uh, a boat go out to sea. You mean like as it dips across? Uh, they have an explanation. Me, for, they have an explanation for that too. Find water, Janelle. <laughs> not you. Not she's not talking okay. to you. Yeah. Hey, trust me. I fucking am convinced one hundred percent that this son of a gun is round. And anytime I hear an I, argument, I feel like I have a good pushback. Wow. I am female indeed. I wish. I wish I got more DMs like that. Jeez. You, yeah, you talk like a dude. You're a good dude. I send you shit on Instagram, Dave. I know. I just I, I appreciate it. Thank you. I don't know who Odd is in my DMs. All right. Uh, tomorrow morning, uh, Alex Stein, are you around tomorrow morning, Caleb? Um, yeah, I should be. These next few days are going to be weird, so <laughs> hopefully I'll be around. All right. Tomorrow's going to be nuts. I, I have a feeling that show is going to be crazy. No, I know it's going to be crazy. Definitely. I did a Hiller Fit review last night with Andrew Hiller. How'd it go? Uh, I I uh, I thought it went good. Good. I didn't let anyone talk. I just talked over everyone the whole time. <laughs> Sounds about right. Okay, you don't have to agree with me always, Caleb. <laughs> um, I'm in Alaska. There's only frozen water here at the moment. Oh yeah, for. There's probably some reason why water can only freeze on it. What time is it? Bladder. God, it's like the middle of the night over there. Yeah, it is a dam. They say it's a dam. I think that what they say is it's, it's like that movie Game of Thrones. They we're all we're surrounded by a giant ice wall. Yeah, yeah, and then to like if you get through the ice wall, then we're in another world dimension, another world. Yeah, not yeah. dimension world. And, and there's people who've been through that ice wall. Apparently, I did a Hiller Fit review with Andrew Hiller. I'm starting to think. Who else would you do it with? I'm starting to think Something to do them without him. Yeah, Sousa. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, if if it were Alex and Gary Robert, you, your YouTube would explode. I know it's so. I'm so glad you do that connection because I sometimes I think they're the same person. <laughs> uh, yeah, a little bit. Okay. Uh, only one day left. Oh, yeah, thank you. Only one day left to get your Miami shirts pre-order ends tomorrow at noon. You know what sucks is I'm not a I'm not a color guy at all. Like like this I can't stand Miami shit. And every I, day I've been wearing this stuff, he's wearing he's you don't like it either. No, I do. I like it. Oh, I get so many compliments. Like I'm gonna wear I wore that pink one yesterday and like I got a hundred compliments. I never get compliments. I know I'm going to wear this one today, and everyone's going to be like, oh, my God, I love your shirt. It's crazy. It looks good. 
It does look good. I just, I just not on my. I just, it does look good. It does. It does. It does. <laughs> Travis did an amazing job. It's, you could the funny thing is, is like stuff you get at Wadapalooza, you can like only wear at Wadapalooza. I fuck with the Wadapalooza yeah. vibe so hard. Well, that's cool. Okay, fine. I like it. I, can I switch? What dope, can I do dude. to change my perspective? Go to Wadapalooza. What could I do to make it so? What What do I need to see? Do I need to see the Virgin Mary in my shirt in order to love this? Oh, look! There's even birds up here. Oh wow! It's in the details. Travis, nice, dude. I'm kind of jealous. What time is it? And the armbands, and the armbands. Nice, nice. Cool, cool, cool. I can pull off pink. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I think it looks good on me. I just, when I see, I, I what actually, when all the shirts are on me, I like them. But it's when I see them from far away or hanging somewhere, I just, anytime I see neon shit or anything Miami style, I just, uh, just turn it, and run. If it's like straight neon, like it's a yellow shirt, you look yeah. I, you look like a fucking contractor, and I can't stand that. What do you mean a contractor? Oh, oh, like, oh, oh! Like you're wearing like the jacket so you don't get hit by a car. Yes, <laughs> I just look like you gotta stop. Who's gonna be? Are you are are you are you gonna still be deployed during when Waterpalooza happens? Uh, yeah. So you won't be there. No, I will not. <laughs> uh, I think Heidi will be there. We're that's kind cool. of we're we're talking about our our crew that's going to be there tomorrow that's going to help us. They don't even know. I think I wonder if Heidi's going to be there. I want we're depending on Bruce Wayne. I think Will Plummer's now um, stuck with strong coffee, so he might not be able to help us. I'm sure, he would be willing to. Contractors are so hot, though. Oh, what'd you say? You think what Will Plummer? What Will would probably be down to help. I'm not volunteering him to do it, but I'm sure he's always down to be of assistance. He needs to. Uh, all right. Okay, guys. I don't know what I don't know what contractors you're looking at, Heidi, but they're you got to tell me because they're all fucking huge. Muy grande. Oh, Paulina will be there. I've never seen a Paulina uh, comment. Have you ever seen a Paulina comment? Um, it looks familiar. I just with no, no profile picture. pic. Yes, Jody. We all have to go to work now. Um. Okay. Thanks, guys. Uh. Uh, what a great guest Mickle is. Um, I really do like that game Clask. Um, I did get the four person one. Um, I haven't played the two person one, but it sounds like it's going to happen soon. So, all right, guys, I will see you guys tomorrow. Caleb, we'll see you tomorrow. Bye bye.